2: And welcome everyone and thank you first and foremost for being an intentional spirit and I just want to give a shout out to my new friend in Sweden. We really love getting those emails and those notes that you're enjoying the show while at the same time making those recommendations for different authors and guests and holistic practitioners, individuals that really align with what what we are about, and we just love it that so many of you spread the message of Unity Online Radio. One of those authors that is always recommended to us, he's back with us for a second time, is Richard Barrett. Richard, welcome to our show today. It's so good to have you again.
3: Well, thank you, Temple. I'm really happy to be with you.
2: Well, the way that you just keep putting out those books, I guess we just need to schedule you every year so we could talk about the next one that you have.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been six books in six years. I've got to keep maintain that.
2: That's right. That's right. Exactly. So, um, because some of the audience listeners are new, and we've added a lot of listeners in other countries that weren't on our show before, um, would you please take a moment, and or two, or whatever, and just talk about your path a bit, how you got from point A to point B, from awesome to even better?
3: Ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... So, um, for the first uh, twenty years of my career, so I, I was brought up in, in in England. Let's put, let's go back to the beginning. Um, my mom and dad were very caring and loving. We we didn't have a lot of money, um, and um, my father's wish was that I go to university. He died when I was seventeen, and my mom said, you know, um, you could go out to work and. And, uh, you know, so that we can survive um, or, or, um, you know, if you can pay your way through university, I'll try and look after myself. That was a wonderful gift my mother gave me because I I managed to get a grant. And uh, and so I got a solid education, became an engineer. And that was and I had a a very good career up to about 40s, my mid 40s. And when I suddenly realized that I was totally bored with my my career in transportation and realized that uh, since my 20s, what I'd been really interested in was transformation. And so I I said to myself, you know, maybe, uh, you you know, I misheard my soul when I was 17, when I was trying to figure out what to study at university. I thought my soul said uh, transportation, but actually it said transformation. Anyhow, so I had to get back on track, and so I I decided to write a book on... um, Personal Transformation, uh, A Guide to Liberating Your Soul. And that was the beginning then of my whole journey. And um, and um, I was working at the World Bank in those days. I left the World Bank a few years later, published uh, A Guide to Liberating Your Soul, then published uh, Liberating the Corporate Soul. Invented a way of measuring consciousness by mapping values for organizations, individuals, and nations. And um, grew that company to a worldwide company. Um, after about 10 years, I decided to, uh, to hand uh, running the company over to my team so I could focus on my writing. And that's been really the, the last uh, seven or eight or nine years of my life. And I've been producing a book um, every year. Um, some of the titles are uh, A New Leadership Paradigm, uh, What My Soul Told Me, A Practical Guide to Soul Activation, Love, Fear, and the Destiny of Nations, um, The Values-Driven Organization, um, and my latest book, which we're talking about today, I hope, uh, A New Psychology of Human Well-Being. Um, so here I am. Um, uh living the life of my soul and it's taken me quite a few years to get to that point but um, i've been through seven stages of psychological development which we might be talking about later and i'm uh, <laughs> and i might be and i'm uh, loving my life and enjoying every minute of uh, uh getting instructions from my soul about what to write and once i've got instructions you know um actually having prompts, intuition, synchronicities that guide my writing. There in a nutshell is where I am right now.
2: I just love it. I love it. And uh, just another window of spin on that um, is that at one time in your life you did external transportation and now you do internal transportation <laughs>
3: transformation
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> i know yeah. but you external you transportation
3: to internal transformation to That's the,
2: yeah to the to the guiding walk of the of the soul you know um so yes yeah, so we were very excited to talk about your book today a new psychology of human well-being uh, get us in that direction. Let's go.
3: Well, the subtitle is uh, an exploration of the uh, influence of ego-soul dynamics on mental and physical health. And so there we get right into the meat of the book. Um, I wrote the book for, for several reasons. I, first of all, I was inspired by Abraham Maslow. Um, when he wrote his last book, where uh, he, Toward a a Psychology of Being, uh, he said, you know, um, there's a larger jurisdiction for psychology, and he was very excited by that in the book. And I took that idea as my central inspiration. And then I decided that I needed to write this book um, for several reasons. One, um, to get the soul back into psychology. Now, the soul used to be in psychology uh, around uh, the time of Carl Jung, going back 70 or 80 years. Uh, around that time, that shortly thereafter, was Roberto Assagioli with his psychosynthesis. And Maslow was very... Uh, he didn't use the word soul, but he used the, inner, the word inner core. And, and these were people, leading thinkers of that time. But since that time... I'm going back, as I say, 60, 70 years. The soul has completely gone out of uh, psychology. Um, It's a cognitive um, science now. And I wanted to bring the soul fully back square into uh, psychology. Because uh, in the book, book, uh, what I talk about is that, you know, we say that we have an inner core. We say that we have a higher self. We say that we have a soul. But actually... We are the inner core. We are the higher self. We are the soul. And we have to recognize that's our fundamental reality. So so you can't have a psychology, I believe, unless you have that reality at its core. The second reason I wrote the book was... so to get the idea that there are stages of psychological development, it's really the journey of the soul, seven stages. And and, and and all of my work over the past 20 years has been built around this model of seven levels of consciousness, seven stages of psychological development. And these stages are actually fundamental to understanding who we are and what's important to us. If you can tell me your age, I can tell you exactly what stage of psychological development you're at and what's important to you at this particular moment and what's coming up for you in the future. Um, So that was the second step, was to really recognize that the stages of psychological development, if we fail to uh, uh, to, to master one of these particular stages, we will result... It will result in mental health, mental disorder, and eventually physical disorder. And in the book, I show how um, physical disorders are linked to mental disorders, are linked to failures at particular stages of psychological development. We'll get into that a bit later. Um, So those were the two main reasons why I wanted to write this book, uh, to get the soul back into psychology and to explain and get people to understand that we grow in stages of psychological development.
2: And so regardless of where someone has come from or, or their path, their environmental, their culture, their exposure, their hardships or whatever, there is definitely a track psychologically that's equated to age?
3: There is a track that we all go through that is related to age. The first three stages um, are not optional. They Everybody goes through them. They're the ego stages of development, not to 2, surviving stage, 3 to 7, the conforming stage, uh, 8 to 24, the differentiating stage. And those three stages align with the coming uh, the dominance of three different mind brains we've got four minds and three brain- brains I'll explain the fourth mind in a moment but the the first mind that is dominant uh, not well actually from ten weeks uh, after uh, conception through to the second year of life the reptilian mind brain the body mind is dominant and that's really focused on surviving then in the background, the limbic mind brain, the emotional brain has been uh, developing and that is dominant from about three to seven. And then in the background, again, the neocortex, the rational mind has been growing and developing and that becomes dominant um, That becomes dominant around uh, the age of eight and continues to grow and develop until we're about 24. So each uh, during this whole period, each of these mind brains is... is is growing and developing and learning from its experiences, learning beliefs about how to survive, that's the body mind, how to feel safe, that's the emotional mind, and how to feel secure in a larger world, that's the uh, neocortex mind, and those beliefs that we learn during that period, based on our experiences, condition our belief system for the rest of our lives and so if you have a a difficult childhood you're going to grow up with some limiting beliefs and difficult beliefs and fear-based beliefs which you have then to um, undo or master at the individuating stage which is like from 25 to 39 now here's the problem whilst we all go through the first three stages the last four stages, the individuating stage, which is the bridge between the ego and the soul, and then the three stages of soul activation, not everybody, in fact, the majority of people on the planet never get that opportunity because they live in very difficult conditions, um, in poverty, so they're focused on survival, on as Maslow would call it, on their basic needs or deficiency needs, and they never, they're never able to focus on the higher order needs. Or they live in, um, and this applies to many, many people, they live in authoritarian regimes where if you um, if you uh, focused on self-knowledge, if you focus on uh, anything intellectual, you get locked up, basically. That was the case in the former USSR. They called them intellectuals. But they, basically, these were people who were individuating and self-actualizing. And you know, learning, having the freedom and autonomy to find out who they really are, and then fully expressing their soul self at the self self uh, expression stage. So um, we don't all um, get to go through all seven stages, but the key is this individuating stage, the fourth stage, where we where we learn to master or let go of our fears. And as we energetically, as we let go of the fears, we open ourselves up to the love energy of the soul and the activation of the soul. So those are the seven stages. Well, I didn't mention, I mentioned individuating, self-actualizing in the 40s, integrating in the 50s, and serving in the 60s. And so those three other stages of soul activation are about self-expression in the 40s, finding out our sense of mission and purpose and becoming really fully who we are and then in the 50s we we found meaning in the 40s and we we found our gifts and talents now we want to make a difference in the world in our 50s but we can't do that unless we learn to connect so connecting is fundamental in the 50s and then uh, now we're actually giving our gifts and we're connecting and, and, and we want that to become a way of life. In our 60s, we just get into selfless service, um, caring for future generations and the community in which we live. And so there you have the seven stages. Um, you can accelerate the process a little bit, but I, uh, having studied it for many years, and uh, uh, it, it, there are very few individuals who are able to move through that more quickly than those age bands.
2: That's incredible. It's so, so very insightful. And do you have different processes in your book? Tell us about the overview of your book. Do we go through each of the phases, kind of explore? um, And does it through reading it and delving into it have a sense of awakening for us? It makes us more intentional or do we feel a greater sense of normalcy about ourselves? Before the book and yes. after the book, what is the? What are some of the things that you hold for the for the reader?
3: Oh, so there's so <laughs> many insights. So many sure. insights in the book, but let me give you a few of them. Okay, so um, I talked about these stages, but we have to talk about the journey of the soul. Now. Have you ever wondered where the will to survive comes from? It's in every living creature, and I have searched the scientific texts. I have never found an explanation of where the will to survive comes from. You know, they say it's built into our DNA, but, but where does it come from? Well, you see, the will to survive is actually the soul's will to be present in three-dimensional material awareness. The soul lives in this fourth-dimensional energetic world. Um, and the soul in that world has no needs because it creates its reality through uh, its thoughts. We do that too in our three dimensional material world, um, but we don 't recognize that we 're creating that reality but anyhow, the soul has no needs, whereas the ego, which is the, by the way, the ego is the creation of the soul the ego the soul creates the ego around our second birthday, round about there, because the soul has incarnated into the body and it lives in this uh, energy field of love and the pain that the body experiences, uh, uh, the difficulties the body experiences and then during that first two years of life when we begin to recognize that we're not the center of the world but there are other people out there, in other words there is separation. So the pains experienced by the body-mind are passed on to the subconscious, which is the soul-mind, and the uh, the experience of separation is so painful to the soul that the soul creates the ego to act as a buffer. And so the, the ego is now protected by the ego, and the ego goes through these stages of development because the... The will to survive of the body is the soul's will to be present in material awareness. And so the ego picks up that and the ego uh, it wants to s- survive, stay safe and feel secure. And those are the first three stages of development. And so um, at each of these stages, at the beginning, during the embryo stage, there is only soul consciousness in the embryo. Around the 10th week of pregnancy, the reptilian mind-brain forms, and that is the body-mind, and now the soul-mind becomes the subconscious of the body-mind. The body-mind is keeping the body alive. After we're born, and around the year, uh, second year, uh, the limbic mind-brain becomes dominant, the body-mind becomes the subconscious, and the soul-mind becomes the unconscious. And then the neocortex clicks in as the dominant mind-brain, the rational mind, around seven or eight, continues growing and developing until we're about 24. So now the limbic mind-brain, or the emotional mind, becomes the subconscious of the rational mind. The body-mind becomes the unconscious of the rational mind. And the soul-mind now becomes the super-unconscious so the soul mind, the influence of the soul mind is gets pushed further and further and deeper and deeper out of our awareness. And so we, by the time we get to 24 or 25, um, you know, the soul has disappeared, uh, not disappeared, but it's there in the background, but it's not fully in our awareness. And so that was the first part of the journey. So the next part of the journey is bringing the soul back again. And that individuating stage between 25 and, and 39 is when we begin to, to, to align the motivations of the ego uh, with the motivations of the soul. What that fundamentally means is letting go of any fears that we have because fear energy, fear energy cannot mix with love energy. Um, because it's painful for the soul. So if we let go of our fear energy or master it, we allow the love energy of the soul to come forth at the self-actualizing stage where we begin to find our true purpose and find meaning in life and so on. And, And that goes through right up to the serving stage and if you manage to move through all of those stages when you get to the serving stage you're living the life of your soul you don't have a soul you are a soul and uh, you get, uh, for example I, I'm now 71 I'm a very young 71 and I say at the beginning of this book I couldn't have written it any earlier because I wouldn't have experienced all of these stages of development and now my soul speaks to me every day it tells me what books to write it gives me guidance I don't- only wish my soul wouldn't, it, you know, it gives me guidance every day when I'm writing a book, but I wish it wouldn't do it at four o'clock in the morning, you know, because <laughs> 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 I have to get up and I have to write. So when I'm working on a book, I'm up at five o'clock every morning because I've got new downloads and new things to research in order to put into the book. Anyhow, um, those are some of the things that are important about the book, but Actually, I'm missing out probably the most important piece, which is the latter part of the book, where I link the stages of development to the chakra system and I show how a failure to master a particular stage of development actually leads to physical disease. Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, And uh, and it's full of facts and data, but for example, um, prostate cancer uh, in males uh, usually... Begins to occur in the late 50s and 60s. Okay, the 50s is the is the stage of development where we are, where we we found our purpose in the 40s and in the 50s we need to connect with other people. However, men have a great difficulty doing that because when they were going through the conforming stage, that's the second stage of ego development they learn to hide their feelings and hide their emotions and so when the men get to that uh, 50s and they have to connect in the world they have a huge handicap and that handicap the 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 energy the energy the fear-based energy which was stored up in childhood now comes forward and and it manifests as prostate cancer. There's reasons why it's prostate cancer. But anyhow, that's all explained in the book. Now, with women, it's different. Uh, Women don't... um, uh, Women have an earlier issue, and that's in the self-actualizing stage, in the 40s, because towards the middle of the 40s and into the 50s, that's the peak for breast cancer. And... Breast cancer is all linked to a failure of self expression because women are taught to be subservient, to serve their husband, to serve their families, and to put their needs on hold and to hold back and not to express who they are. Because the forties, the first stage of soul activation is about self expression, and when you hold back on that, it creates, it creates an energetic imbalance which shows up as breast cancer. And again, there's the, 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 these stages of development are linked to particular diseases which are linked to particular chakras. And I sh- explain all of that in the book. So there's quite a lot in the second part of the book about uh, all of the major causes of death and how they link to the different stages of development. Wow.
2: Well, we definitely want to get into that along with so many other things. Um, You are such a wealth of of information, and I love the fact that you say it's not Just that we have a soul, we are a soul. I want to know more about that, too. When we come right back after this short break, we'll be back with Richard Barrett. Please delve into his website. He has blogs. He has speaking engagements all over the world. And know about the other books that he has written, including this one, richardbarrett.net richardbarrett.net thank all of you for your ongoing support of unity online radio because of you we are in countries all over the world and we are making a difference because all of us are willing to be different and just that we'll be right back after this short break
1: unity online radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics
4: Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you.
5: You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward?
1: Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at spirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
2: And welcome back, everyone, and we're talking to the brilliant mind of Richard Barrett well actually we're talking to the person Richard Barrett who happens to have a brilliant mind and he is giving us so many different insights today as we are delving into his incredible New book, um, Richard is the kind of person you want to be following, especially anybody that's a practitioner into health and well-being, anyone that's a spiritual leader, a communicator out in the field. He has so many various tools. His blogs are rich, his articles, uh, tons of material also that you can use in some of your uh, talking points, richardbarrett.net. All right, Richard, let's talk about this thing called death. One of my favorite subjects.
3: Oh, right. Yeah, good. (laughs) Okay, well, I just think for the listeners, a couple of things. One, um, uh, everybody knows how to spell Richard, but Barrett is B-A-R-R-E-T-T. And uh, another thing, I I use Facebook a lot. And so if you want to follow everything that I'm up to, um, you know, you can sign up for my blogs and everything. But everything I do is also on Facebook as well. So just so... So, send me a friend request, I'll love it. Okay, so let's talk about death. First of all, you know, it's a three-dimensional material um, concept, okay? Uh, because who we are, we're fourth-dimensional energetic beings experiencing life in a three-dimensional material body. But actually, this... Uh, <laughs> The, the three-dimensional materiality is not a, a property of the world. It's a property of our senses because um, we have uh, our five senses can only sense very, very thin sliver of all the frequencies of vibration. And because we can only sense, tune into like a radio to a very few frequencies, you're like, you know, we tune in and we get like four or five stations and that's it. Um, whereas a soul, we can tune in and get... 500 stations, you know. Um, So, because we can only get these very limited frequencies, we think we live in this material world and we don't see all this other energetic stuff. So, first of all, you don't die. I mean, that's a... a, You know, I've I've grown to understand it's a ridiculous concept, dying. It's a three-dimensional material concept. What happens is, your soul, which has kind of been in fourth dimensional energetic awareness all the time, but has actually blocked that out in order to experience three-dimensional material awareness. When you die, the soul simply lets go of the three-dimensional material awareness to move back into fourth dimensional energetic awareness. So what happens when you so-called die is you move back into that higher state of consciousness. And so death is not something to be feared. It is something actually it's a pretty amazing experience. And uh, uh, so that's one thing about death. In in the book I talk about my mother's death and um, my mother um, lived to be 100. Uh, she basically did all her aging in the last year of her life. She got pneumonia, went into hospital, almost died, but um, came out, but never got out of bed again for the next 10 months. And I'd moved back from America to England to be close to her. And so I spent those last uh, 15 months actually uh very very close to her uh, living in her house when she was living in a home because she found it difficult getting up and down the stairs um but my mother um died 15 days after her 100th birthday and um i got the call oh well actually let me just go back Uh, I, i was asleep at home and um ...in my mother's house and uh, it was about... ...it must have been early in the morning, around six... ...I had this amazing dream of uh, this female figure that... just leapt on me and hugged me. It was unreal. It was... I woke up later and I thought, my God, I've never had a dream like that before. Anyhow, so I got up, made breakfast and within half an hour... ...I had a call from the home saying my mum had died. Just died. So clearly that female figure hugging me was my mum, and so I went in and you know I saw her body and you know it was just the body she wasn't there and within an hour or two uh this uh, tremendous sense of joy descended upon me because you have to know that my mother wanted to die she didn't want to hang on all her sisters had died very quickly and she would be wanting to die for at least a year um and so I felt this joy. It stayed with me for the next two weeks, all the way through the funeral and everything. I, it was my mother's joy at being liberated again. And um, so, you know, that was an amazing experience uh, of uh, death. Um, but Temple, I'd like to talk about something else, which um, another aspect of death, and that's suicide. Uh, because uh, many many people commit suicide. Suicide rates increase uh, phenomenally from the age of fifteen onwards, up to about uh, late forties, early fifties, and then begin to decline slightly. And uh, everybody thinks, well, oh, you know, that's you know, people can't manage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there are very very specific reasons why people at the uh, differentiating stage—that's 8 to twenty-four commit suicide. Why people twenty-five to thirty-nine commit suicide, and why people from in the forties commit suicide, and people in the fifties commit suicide? There are very, very different reasons, and you have to understand that. And I've been, I've been working with some of the Veterans Administration in the in the USA to help them, because so many veterans, young veterans, older veterans, and Vietnam veterans commit suicide, and and, and this insight, the fact that people commit suicide because they're not able to manage a particular stage of development is a new idea. So, uh, the, the thing about the differentiating stage is that we're looking for, we're looking for respect and recognition in our peer group so that we can feel secure. And when we don't find that respect and recognition, then, uh, we get very fearful and we um, the will to survive uh, uh lessons and you see that with uh, teenagers you know who go on rampages uh, uh and, and kill people in schools because they uh, they weren't they never they were all a loner they never fitted into a group because they never and they never got respect and recognition from their parents either and so that's what reason one of the main reasons people in that group um, and it's particularly prevalent in northern ireland amongst uh, young boys or men uh, because of all the troubles in northern ireland um, then um, in the uh, from 25 to 39 that's the individuating stage and we're looking for freedom and autonomy to find out and explore who we are and if you get feel trapped if you cannot do that that's a, a, that's a different reason for committing suicide and when I looked at the suicide statistics in the United Kingdom I noticed that young women in Wales was the highest risk of suicide women in the late 20s why? Because there's no employment for women in Wales, and so these young women were growing up um, and unable to leave home, and unable to find freedom and autonomy, uh, would go to the pub and drink to drown their sorrows, but eventually would commit suicide. Um, suicide in the forties, late forties and early fifties, is all about self-expression. They feel trapped. they only a people are unable to express who they really are, so they can find meaning in your life. And if you in those sort of circumstances, then, uh, you know, that's the reason you commit suicide then. And so each stage of psychological development has its reasons for wanting to commit suicide if you fail to master that stage. That's a little bit about death. You asked me to talk about death. There's a few few things about death that I... Uh, you know that I have revealed in the book, uh, but the biggest thing really is that you don't die; you you just shoot up into soul awareness.
2: And when we look at uh, suicide, Richard um, would would we say that there's a lot more suicide today than there used to be? Yes,
3: yes, it's increasing. Yeah, it's increasing at all age groups. In all age groups, um, you can go to Wikipedia and research that. That is. There's a tremendous amount of information now available about suicide and understanding suicide, but um, in this book, you—you, you, this is the only book I've seen where it, suicide is linked to failure at a particular stage of psychological development. Yeah. And, uh, and
2: it how. With your studies and things that you've delved into, and the work that you've done on soul, uh, how do you sit with it? Is it an exercise that leads to a better space, or or are the are the individuals that in their lives of their own uh, uh, accord? Do they then are they going to start out from where they left? I mean, do you have That's such a thing that people delve into, and I'm not saying you have the one and final answer. I'm just curious as to what you think about
3: it. So, are you are you talking about uh, so when one takes their own life, life.
2: it's not really it's not really is what we would understand to be the natural way of dying, right? I mean, there are people that are uh, that are um, you know they're walking dead. You know, it's like when people ask me how I feel about. Uh, suicide and do I think it's horrible, I say, well, I was on the corner of suicide all the time, the way I used to be so drunk in a car, you know, driving an automobile and the things that I was hit by with, uh, transferred trucks and everything else. I mean, that was a form of, I don't want to be here, you know, for some reason I'm still here, but do you know what I mean? It's not like natural yeah. that you get a disease or you have an accident no. or you die of an, of an aged, uh, person. Uh, how, how do you sit with that? I was just curious okay. to, to know. So
3: basically, um, basically, um, the first 24 years of our lives the three stages of ego development are preparing the preparing us to to be able to live in this material reality so that the soul can manifest and create uh, from its fourth dimensional energetic perspective create a wonderful life in this three-dimensional material reality. Now, if we fail, I say fail because uh, sometimes we we fail to master our survival, safety, and security needs um, not because of our failure, but we, we grew up in really difficult circumstances. And so it was really hard to get our needs met. And so... Anyhow, the point is, if at any one of these st- stages, these first three stages, or any stage, we feel blocked, trapped, in not being able to meet our needs, it means that the soul will not be able to manifest the reality that it wants to create in this particular in. Incarnation and therefore the will to survive um, become uh, decreases. So it's it's that's why I call the book uh, the byline is about ego soul dynamics because suicide is a particular ego soul dynamic where the ego gives up if you like, because of its failings and the fact that it feels trapped, it cannot be of service to the soul and so decides to interrupt the incarnation. Now, that's all subconscious, but basically that's really what it's about. Um, the ego gives up and uh, and because, very often because of its fear-based beliefs and it feels really stuck and you know, we can all reach out to people who are uh, feel suicidal and help them th- to see that it is their fear-based beliefs that are trapping them. And that if they could face their fears and move through it, then they could perhaps have a wonderful uh, life. So it's all just part of this ego soul dynamic the way i see it and um it um and don't, let's not forget that the ego is actually the creation of the soul uh, to and the, the the purpose of the ego is really to uh, A, to protect the soul from this negative energy or uh, and secondly to prepare to prepare the vehicle and living in in three dimensional materiality, so that the soul can actually self express, connect, and contribute, because that's really why the soul um, the soul incarnates to self express, connect, and contribute, and that's the forties, the fifties, and the sixties, and everything you do in the first three stages of development can either hinder or help the soul in that in that journey so at the survival level if you if you are able that's not to two. if you are able if you're cared for and your needs are met and you feel comfortable about getting your needs met and you had a good experience then that first stage of ego development the first stage of soul activation will be easy for you Uh, that's a self-expression so the surviving is linked to self-expression and at the second stage uh, that's the limbic mind brain dominant stage, uh, 3 to 8. Uh, when we're learning how to be loved and accepted and, 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 and build relationships, if we fail at that stage, when we get to our 50s, we'll have real difficulty doing that in our 50s. So the second stage of ego development is linked to the second stage of soul activation. And then the third stage of ego development, the differentiating, being respected and recognized for who you are and feeling secure in your environment, in your peer group, If you don't have that confidence, if you never got that confidence as a teenager and young adult, when you get to your 60s, you will not be able to make a contribution to society because you won't be able to feel confident about giving your gift. And so you see the first three stages of development are intimately linked of ego development is intimately linked to the three stages of soul development. And um, that is vitally, vitally important to understand because what happens to you in the twenty first, 24 years of your life fundamentally affects the well-being for the rest of your life.
2: That's amazing. Well, as you can see, as I told you from the beginning of the show, this is really, <laughs> it's a great opportunity to to delve into the wisdom of Richard Barrett. Please go to his website, richardbarrett.net. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, let's please keep you on ever so often because it's such a, a gift, Richard. I really love everything that you're bringing and the various ways in which you are helping um, humanity. Thanks for your bravery and, and your courage. Um, everyone, thank you so much for being on the show, for listening, for participating, and for sharing about what we do. If you'd like to know more, visit us at FirstUnity.org or Hayes. Com. It's been a pleasure having you all with us today. God bless you on this incredible journey that we call life.
1: Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org.
4: If I were brave, I'd walk the Where fools and dreamers dare to tread And never lose faith
1: How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week... Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening
4: world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream?
2: Sometimes
6: life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me.
5: To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
7: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: The Voice of an Awakening World.
7: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
5: The voice of an awakening world.
4: Letting go in the stillness. I light a candle in your name.
6: Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
4: I light a candle in your name.
0: Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. The Voice of an Awakening World.
5: Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patris and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the MindBodySpirit.fm Podcast Network, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.